Hey everybody, Future Daniel here. A quick preface to this conversation with Palette Knife. You might notice that we kind of talk in generalities in certain sections of this episode, and that was because Palette Knife had not yet announced a fairly big move for their band at the time of recording. But at the time of release, they have announced it. I'm happy to say that Palette Knife has signed to Take This to Heart Records, an awesome record label, and they've also released a single called Ponderosa Snake House. You can listen to their new single on their Bandcamp, which is palettknife.bandcamp.com. That's P-A-L-E-T-T-E knife.bandcamp.com. It's a great song. Check it out. Anyways, let's get into this episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Great Set Dude. My name is Daniel Palmer. Today, I have Chris and Alec from Palette Knife. This is just two-thirds of the band, right? That is correct. Kick anybody out yet? No, no. <laughs> uh, Chris is, or uh, Aaron's on the axe tonight, though, because he's not here. How dare you? <laughs> he's recording right now. For Palette Knife? He is. Oh. We are. Reco- we can probably say that, right? Yeah, we can say that. We're recording a Christmas cover. <laughs> so, can you tell a song, or is that still secret? Um, I, I think that might be secret too. Secret? Yeah. Okay, we'll secret, keep that secret. secret. We'll yeah. keep that secret. It is uh, emo in origins, emo pop punky in origins, um, as far as Christmas songs go. So we're pretty stoked about it. It's a Christmas. It's a Christmas song. It is a Christmas yeah. song. Okay, that kind of limits it to <laughs> a couple things. I won't guess. I won't. Uh, this is episode four of Great Set Dude. Uh, last week. I just have to do a real quick shout out because there was some technical difficulties last week that kept me from uploading and editing the Cutler Station episode. So a big shout out to the Cutler Station boys. If you missed that episode, we're going to get back. We're going to contact them and we're going to have an episode with them again. Um, So if you're wondering why it goes episode one, two, and then four, that's why. Uh, But please check out Cutler Station and... That's that's it. That was the whole side spiel. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad because like it was just the audio was just not working. But this is looking good. Um, I think we'll find out. It's all, it's all it's doing things live. Um, do you guys l- like live shows? Do you like playing live? Doing things live? What, it, what's our, that? It's our, <laughs> what, right? What's a show? Like <laughs> um, we yeah we miss playing live a lot. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's been like two it years is now, right? Such a weird time to be a musician. It really is. <laughs> I, hopefully, I, it doesn't seem like this uh, vaccine that they announced is going to fix anything anytime soon. But hopefully, it'll start moving in yeah. the direction of normalcy. It's reassuring that's in the works, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, what has this. Uh, you guys have a project coming out soon. We do. Uh, it unfortunately got delayed due to the Snake King. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> and we, we can't tell when it's coming out, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but we will have some, some news to share uh, on Monday. Um, so if, if okay, so, you can tell when you can tell when it's coming out. Well, we can't tell when it's coming yeah, out on but- Monday. That's the thing. <laughs> that, that sucks. But it is, it, 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 it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know a little bit more than the audience is going to be privy to, but it's, <laughs> it's really great news. I'm really excited for you guys to be moving along in this direction. Thank you. Um, I, I know I listen to you guys, but Joe, the drummer, is a massive fan. He talks about you guys any oh. chance he gets. Um, Thanks, Joe. And I honestly like almost thought about asking him to be on tonight just because he would have like some really good questions to ask him. You gotta like phone a friend, ask him what he would ask. Phone a friend. <laughs> I asked him, I'm like, hey, what, what questions would you like want me to ask him? But he's just he's just so excited about your next release. He um he was an instant fan from the moment he saw you guys live at the midden when we played. Yep. Must have been two years ago. <sighs> oh, it hurts. Wait, no, wait, that was I wanna say, was that like last October. It was not light. It wasn't. It, or no, it was. Not, it was it cold. Summer. No, it was twenty eight. Twice. Oh, that was in the summer. It, it, it was not. It was a show we accidentally double booked because we, yeah. we played our set. Yeah, that was like a and year. then we like scooted. Like, yeah, that was the summer. I felt really bad. 
Yeah. That's been a recurring theme at the mid for us is every time we play the mid somebody boot somebody leaves before we play. But I no hard feelings, no harm, <laughs> no foul. It happens. We did that once. Um I accidentally booked a show. I think I was I must have been drunk when I booked it. They're just like, Hey, you wanna play the show? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, let's do it. That's me. <laughs> and then four months later he's like, Hey, where are you guys? I'm like, You didn't tell me what was happening at all. I don't even I didn't even know there was a show tonight. And we had already booked ourselves for another show that that night so it was oh that's brutal does that is that something that you guys have experienced a bit in columbus we like here in athens there's i mean there's a there's a handful of house venues but really you have the union and you have casa yeah and red brick um and those are the main (laughs) like music venues so you guys have a lot more and we do i would say the, the one thing i don't miss about shows is when you you like a touring band reaches out to you and they're like, Hey, we have a show for this place, this time day. Can you play it? And like, we're like, yes, we're going to do it. And then we'll like ask them questions like leading up to the gig and like crickets respond like, Hey, when are we loading in? When are we playing? And then it'll be like 30 minutes before the show. And they'll be like, Hey, can you uh, use your drum set? And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think I saw you tweet about that. I yeah. did. <laughs> It was like, what, what do you what do you miss most about shows? Wrong answers only. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed this, and like I, I, in the sense, in the realm of complaining on Twitter, people, I've, there's like been a handful of bands that follow us on Twitter, and then I'll follow back, and then they'll immediately unfollow, and they're all like the, like the same size band, and I know exactly who they. They all make the same music too, but like, I, when somebody follows us now, I just know going into it that they're gonna do that. But yeah. there's just this weird like culture of like different levels of bands. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In Athens, it's, it's it's a little. I just I guess it's just condensed, right? Because we have like a tenth of the amount of bands, if that, maybe a hundredth of the amount of bands. Yeah. Columbus has. Um, but there is definitely like levels that people get to, and then once they like surpass a certain level, they're like, "I'm too good for for this." And so it's always like shocking when you see a band that you think is like way up there come back down and play like a house show to nobody. Yeah. That, but, that's what, I mean, I, what I like about Columbus is like, I feel like you get a good mix where like, you'll get bands who have been in the scene for like five plus years. And then they'll still, they'll still be playing shows with like a band that came out like this year. And like, I just think that's really cool. Uh, and it's not like, really cool. it's not like super gatekeepy or anything like that. Um, I want to play a show in Athens again. We've only played, I think we only played there once. We played a new happiness. I think like last November. That's a great venue. I think well, that was a fun time. It's, it's like kind of dead. I think I'm not sure. Well, everything's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's not, it will be. I think we play, who do we play with? We play with phony. Oh, They're a right. Chicago band. Yeah. Well, LA band. Now check them out. P H O N E Y. Phony's dope. Wow. Yeah. So good. But yeah, they were at they were from Chicago touring, and then there was another band local. I forget their name though. It was three bands though. There was one band. They were like, "Hey, this is our first show," and I was like, "What?" Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, "This, this does not sound like your first show." Yeah, no, <laughs> that no, was no. awesome. What what year was this? This was last November. Last November. Yeah. So just one year ago. Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I'd have to like go through like old like posters and figure out who is it like i'm thinking about bands that started in in (laughs) coming up dry um but yeah the new happiness is a great venue well well, i'll get you down here whenever oh please yeah i mean have you have you guys played the union yet no no it's it's such a weird place it's so (laughs) so good it's like i've heard good things about that i've also heard good things about it's like the zoo. The zoo is yeah. The zoo's dead, but Damn. it was a yeah. great venue. We we played uh, Halloween. Who who was the the big band there that was there? It was they were playing uh, Bunbury that year, and we played the Halloween show. Oh, was it Rat Attack? No, it wasn't Rat Attack. It was um, they were they were teenagers, I think, so they're younger, but not Rat Attack. It was another. I can't remember. They were playing Bunbury, Cousin Simple. Oh yeah, yep. They yeah. they did play Bunbury. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, did they or did it get canceled because of COVID? Oh, uh, we did. Oh yeah, you mean Bunbury this year? Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah they, they definitely didn't play that. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. But no, I mean, I thought the previous year they did, but yeah, they're pretty known here in Columbus. Yeah. Are they, so, and from like an outsider's point of view, it looks like there's like a handful of bands that are like rising like that. So you got like Rat Attack, Snarls, Cousin Simple. Um, is that, have you guys noticed like any new bands that are coming up that are like joining that group? I guess it's kind of dead right now because I don't. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That's like such a hard question to answer right now because everything's dead. <laughs> I'm like, if you asked me a year ago, who would I say? I can't even think of any. <laughs> Mouth movements had a really dope. Release, oh yeah, but yeah. I'm kind of partial yeah. because like, they're also Columbus email. Yeah. Um, yeah, we played their sh- we played their their EP release show. Was that at CD 102.5? It was. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw uh, snap stories of that show. That looked awesome. Yeah, that was a good. I was, I was envious. <laughs> <laughs> Big Room Bar is always like. There's never a bad show at Big Room. <laughs> See, that's the one venue that I'm like, I gotta play Big Room. Oh yeah. And it just seems so unattainable to like an Athens band, just because they're like. It seems like they're they're very. Do you have a draw in Columbus? No? Uh, yeah, okay. I get that too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, any any like venue that size or bigger is going to be very like. So, uh, how many people are you going to are going to come here? So, what was your process like doing this whole? When did you start writing it, and like, what what was the timeline? I, I think, with the exception of Studio Ghibli reference, maybe sorry, I snore. I think most of it was written in 2019. Yep. Okay. I think we. We've ra- we like wrapped up writing like maybe two and a half songs at the beginning of this year, and then we went to the studio uh, like the weekend that whole lockdown happened in March. Oh boy! Yeah, it was it was crazy because we're like we're like all taking turns recording, and then in our downtime, like the other two of us are like watching the news and just kind of like watching this all unfold and being like, what the hell? You're literally scared to leave the studio. Like, yeah. what the yeah. hell is happening? <laughs> we went to- That was such yeah. a scary, yeah. We went to like Kroger to like get some snacks and it like looked like a war zone. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole toilet paper crisis of, of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the toilet paper. It that just March felt like six months. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it, and this just this whole year has been god awful for everything. March two hundred and fifty eight. It's not going to be twenty twenty one. It's going to be twenty twenty two. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. To the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope not. It's like a, a final um, fantasy naming. So, do you guys? Um, What's because something that I've found I've had a lot of difficulty with moving into like a digital. Let me preface this by saying Sneak Thief always records in the studio because studio time in Athens is so easy to get. Yeah. Whether that's the university, um, Three Elliot is it's an awesome recording space, um, and it's not going to break the bank. So it's it it's just that's always been something that we've loved is get it in the studio and recording. Um, and we actually had like a whole release planned and it's just, it just fell to the ground and there's been oh, some no. aspects of my life that have like shifted it completely and all that. So were you guys, when you, when you released previous projects, um, in the past, like your EPs is, has it been a digital process? Do you guys record like demos and then you go into the studio and just flush them out or what's the process on that for you? <sighs> Let's see. Um, we went through a pretty extensive process for that last EP, the second yeah. EP. Yeah, yeah. We, we we essentially yeah we essentially recorded some demos at Capitol, uh, and then we some so, some of the some of the tracking we kept and so, like a lot of it like we redid and polished up a little bit um, more in the studio. Um, but for this last album, I feel like. Our, our demos consisted of just like an iPhone in a basement and like just having us play. <laughs> we basically just like made a list of every song and then just sent them to our, uh, our, our engineer and we just like, Hey, this is the album. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Uh, That's kind of what we did for our EP. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I think it really helps like being able to like understand like at least from like when you can zoom out and see from like a macro level the mood of the album and you can, uh, before you start even getting in the studio you can kind of start piecing together where you want certain songs to go uh, yeah. kind yeah. of tell a story or whatever uh, so something that I've I as like an acoustic guy it's I feel like it's super difficult to like get a good tone especially in like a bedroom oh yeah and so like I'll, I'll start recording and then i'm like this sounds like crap gotta erase it and then i'll just reset and reset and reset um but it's just been hell trying to figure out like how to get demos out how to record things because like joe is not an audio engineer he has a drum set in his basement but like a mac mic can only pick up so much so it's just been a process of like trying to figure out how do we make this work? How do we like continue to write things? Yeah. And at this point we've just written it off. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Dude, acoustic guitar tones are like surprisingly really hard to record. Yeah. And it it's so weird because like so much of it depends on the room. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. as important, as important as the guitar itself is like if you play it in a dead space, you're going to get a dead sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like, for me, Sneak Thief is like the energy is really like where it finds its groove and, yeah. to, and to record something that just doesn't have any energy. And that's a whole nother thing is like tracking to like automated drums. Half the time, I know this is like illegal, but half the time Joe plays to me. And so like <laughs> I'm like running around doing stuff and then Joe's like trying to drum and keep up with me and doing what I'm doing. And it's like, we, f- we found this like flow that works really well, but digitally it just falls apart and we can't do it so like we'll i'm working on it. i'm getting better at it but is that something that you guys have bumped into at all with with covid yeah are you still definitely. playing especially with with drums i mean luckily because chris and i live together uh and we kind of have like a, a makeshift digital like uh workstation here so we can like demo our stuff but then it, it gets a little tricky with drums because like we're sending demos to Aaron and he's like, I now I have to learn how to program drums and able to like make yeah. demos. Oh, but he's gonna love it because he's he's an aspiring DJ too, so he he loves dabbling in that stuff. He just he just takes a while. I that, if you I'm ashamed to say this as an audio engineer, but last night you can look at my Google search results and it says uh, how to program drums. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in the interview, Alex steps away to grab his cat, whose name is Cake. Cake is absolutely adorable. You can see photos of Cake on their Instagram, which is at Palette Knife Band, or you can watch the Instagram TV of this podcast on the Sneak Thief Instagram. You can go to the 21 minute and 50 second mark if you just want to see a quick picture of Cake. Back to the interview. One Nintendo Switch game that you would recommend to anyone? Oh, shit. Uh... Hmm, that's so hard. It's a tough one because, like, all of the the thing about Nintendo Switch is I feel like it's really in the indie games because, like, anyone who has a Switch obviously has all the good games like Animal Crossing and like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, yes, we are gonna have Kate guest vocals on an upcoming project. <laughs> uh, it's all gonna be wheezing. <laughs> um. Uh, I although I haven't played it, I've heard great things about Hades. It's I've made heard by, of that one. Actually, it is a it's a roguelike made by the people who made Transistor and Bastion, but it's like a it, it it's like a Greek mythology roguelike where you're like the son of Hades and you're like trying to escape hell. From what That's I've been cool. told, I've, I've heard it's very good. Is it is it a, like a full fledged sixty dollar game or is it like twenty bucks, thirty bucks? I want to say it's on the cheaper side because it's like an indie game, but like d- depending how, how much like, you get out of roguelikes, you could probably get 20 to 30 hours out of it, I feel like. Okay. Um, but I will all, always I will always throw a vote in for Dark Souls if you've never played Dark Souls and you want to get into you know, action RPGs I, like that. I almost pulled the trigger a couple weeks ago on Dark Souls. I might get it tonight. I might get it. <laughs> you can probably um, find it Honestly, you could probably find it for cheap, like used, because I think it's one of those games where like someone will buy it and then be like, "This is too hard. I'm selling it." <laughs> I forgot about the physical Switch games. <laughs> From like day one, I put a hundred and twenty-eight gigabyte card in my Switch, and I've just bought straight digital, except for uh, 
with the exception of Ring Fit and um, the the new Triple Mario anniversary. Mario uh, I kind of want to get that. But I, the, the $60 price tag was tough for me to swallow for games I already own. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's... It's, if, if you think about it more of like an investment in 20 years, that game, if you buy it physically is going to be worth like 120 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, but one game that I like, I cannot get enough of. And I've always, I posted on my Twitter just cause I am a nerd at it. And I'm, I think I'm good at it is Mario maker two. I, oh, I don't I've, know. I have no, I have not given Mario maker a chance, but I'm fascinated by it. The platforming, I don't know what it is. There's just, like, when you play, like, Call of Duty or you play, like, a game that's, like, competitive like that, it can get frustrating because you're, like, I'm playing the absolute best that I can play, but you're still, like, limited by, like, is somebody using a gun that's, like, annoying? Or yeah. Or they, they have like a better internet connection than you? kind of, like, is a weird chance or, like, it introduces, like, a weird randomness to it, I feel like. Yeah. And Mario Maker not online don't even bother touching that trash um the the like the course world where you like pull different courses and like there's something really special about being able to like complete a super hard level is because there's not a chance there there's not a randomness in there it's about how well can you like platform so i've always and i think single player games is that something dark souls does well you think where it's like it's single player so it's more I would say definitely. I mean, there there's um there's definitely a community for like the PVP aspect. I I don't really touch it because like that would stress me out so much. But I, I I definitely feel like Dark Souls like the the PVE aspect like definitely scratches that itch of like going through something and dying repeatedly until you've like mastered it. Like the game's never unfair. It's like it's always fair. It's just. Uh, like learning to adapt and like the game is constantly like punishing you, but it's like teaching you because it's punishing you. That's why I love Mario so much. So I might might actually try to get some dark souls going. No wait, Do you play like those like super crazy, like Kaizu levels? Oh yeah. Oh Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I've seen people on YouTube who like their whole channels are dedicated to just like streaming those really ultra hard. That's what I want to do. I love watching those guys. They're so much fun. I like, I started off with Ryukar and i'd watch him he's like a he's a he's a just a genuine fun guy yeah he would play mario and he basically only did mario and then he stopped posting as much mario content and he actually just went to like dark souls and now he's doing like some weird like live stuff whatever he still posts mario but i enjoy the mario (laughs) and then i'm like i'm not getting my mario fix i need to like expand my horizon so now i'm watching and it's bad because i'm watching like the dragon feeny Panga, uh, Carl Sagan, forty-two. It's just like <laughs> it's a dangerous pit to fall into, especially with how skill-based it is. It's really fun to watch somebody that's good at it. Oh yeah, plat- like platforming is one of those like basic video game skills that I feel like you pick up as a kid and then like it translates to like, every video game because like if you, you're playing yeah. Smash Bros in college and like there's platforming elements to that or like oh. Wait, okay, wait, I need to re-answer your Switch question. It's Ultimate Chicken Horse. What is it called? That's the only one I know. Ultimate Chicken Horse. Oh, I got that game. I got it for, I got it when it was on sale, but I've only played it like twice. It is so good. Like everyone, everyone, uh, but if you're tuning in right now, you need if you have a Switch and you have friends, you need to download Ultimate Chicken Horse because it is the best party game platforming, like ruin your friendships. It's great. What's the knife one though? Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, I don't know the name that of that one. one too. That's another party game on the Switch. It's like it's made by. It looks a lot like. Um, you throw it, knives at each other. You're incredible. like yeah. You're like chickens, like throw birds, like but you're like throwing yeah knives at each other. It looks oh, a lot like it's intense Towerfall. It's like Towerfall, but you're 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 chickens. <laughs> this sounds, I've never I've not heard of that one either. It's good. Yeah, it's I like, need to figure out the name. I, lo- I just love couch games. Oh, Overcooked is a really great one. Overcooked is a good one. They what? I feel like there was another Overcooked that I just played. It was on like the Xbox Game Pass or something. I don't remember. It was it was fun. It was like stressful. 
whenever, whenever me and my friends would play Overcooked, it would always be like five of us hanging out. So we would, we would rotate in and out, and the fifth person would be the kitchen manager. So they would like tell everyone what to do, and it worked out really well. That's fun. That sounds like a good – there's another game uh, – I'm not remembering the name of it right now, but it's like virtual reality, and it was on the like the Gear VR, which is just the cell phone in the front and just – Oh, yeah. Um, it's like a bomb defusal where one person has their smartphone up, and they like read through an instruction manual of how to defuse a bomb, and then the other person oh. is in VR, and they have to like defuse it before – and they can't – so you just have to communicate, but like you can't yeah, see the same oh, thing wait, because it, one of them's VR and the other one's in real life. It's it's like called keep talking and no one blows up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but there's a there's a Jackbox game like that too. Is there? Yeah, it's it's on one of the early earlier ones, like Jackbox Two. I want to say. Okay. We're big Jackbox, Jackbox people in this it, house. <laughs> it kind of gets. I, I don't want to be negative to Jackbox, but it does get boring. Like I feel like I would like. I'm okay with where I'm at owning like Jackbox two, three, and four, and I don't know that I'd buy any more because like what are, we, what are we gonna do? Play Quiplash five? No, Quiplash. I know. Yeah, that that was something I think they're definitely guilty of, guilty of in like the earlier packs where they'll be like, oh, this was a fun game. Let's just make a sequel to it. And I think they're starting to get away from that, which is nice. But I can totally, I totally feel that. It's successful though. It's a lot of fun to play, and like, I think. This is something that we should have done more in COVID was like have these online game nights. Because mm-hmm. Jackbox works fine, like over streaming. You don't really need to be in the same room with everybody. Yeah. I think that's why I like Twitch streamers. Oh, and Among Us. Among Us? Yeah. What is what is that one? Have you not played it? Oh, you gotta. It's uh know. it's it's this game that came out in 2018, but now it's like going viral and like memeable and everything. Oh, oh Among Us. Among yeah, Us. yeah. I bought it on PC and then I played it. I opened it and then I tried to get into a game and then I didn't have any friends. So I asked for a oh, no. <laughs> You have to join our Discord server sometime. Yeah, I will. I, I, <laughs> I would like to try it. I, I've heard a lot about it. I've heard enough about it to know how to play, but... You know, something that I've noticed this year um, that I have done that is every time it's like I'll, I'll start playing games that when I tell people that I'm playing them, they'll go. <laughs> so uh, COVID started and I started playing Fallout 76. Okay. And everyone, everyone that I told was like, yeah, it, I'm like, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> it's a Fallout game. Yeah, I haven't played it. I think I was, but I, I can see why people would have that reaction because there's a lot of controversy when it came out. Yeah, it was, um, it was a rough launch. And then another game that I'm playing now currently that is still, and I've talked about this in the very first episode and I'm still playing it, um, No Man's Sky. And everyone's like, like yeah, that's also so a rough, but like people right now. love it is No so Man's good. Sky now. Have you been playing it? I have not. I, I played it a little bit when it was like in the bad launch phase. <laughs> and even then I thought it was like it was okay. I think it was just the like the overpromise under deliver thing. Oh, we, we got our intel in. It's Blazing Beaks. <laughs> Blazing Beaks? Yes. Yeah. Please play I this. I, one of the most intense games I've ever played. I'll try it's it. Great. Is it a multiplayer? Yeah. Yes. Okay. How many pl- is it just two players? Four. Uh, four. Yeah, yeah. You, four? you have okay. four, four of these chicken boys on the screen, and you're just throwing knives at each other. It's great. <laughs> it's so fast-paced. I, it's crazy. I have, like, a, a visual of what it looks like. I feel like I can see it, but I don't... <laughs> and it's like, it has, like, a cool, like, pixel kind of aesthetic. Yeah, it's like Zelda yeah. pixelated, yeah. but you're, like, moving extremely fast and throwing knives and picking them up and throwing them. It's crazy. Mm. <clears throat> it's like back in uh, 2012... The private, private lobbies on Rust in Modern Warfare Two. Just <laughs> yeah, chucking sure. throwing knives at each. Other. <laughs> yeah. I was it, no, it wasn't Rust. It was I saw this video one time. I think it was what was Rust, but it was like the zombie apocalypse one. Was it on Modern Warfare Two? Which do you know which one it was? Oh no, I thought you were talking about the game Rust. 
No, 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 no. Oh, uh, you're talking about the, the Call Rust of Duty. On, I'm there. I'm there now. Yeah. <laughs> I was never Rust- I've never really gone to COD and COD. No. I was more of a Halo boy. Uh I can see that actually. I believe it. <laughs> I feel like in high school there was a there was a dichotomy, or no, maybe it was a trichotomy of like Smash Bros, COD, and Halo. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. I was in all three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I'm not very good in all three either. Smash. Right? And 60, like, which version? Cause oh, God, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, See, like, 64. Smash Ultimate, I'd say King K. Rule. I respect that so much. Um, 64, I'd say Captain Falcon. <laughs> you look like a Falcon guy. I love Falcon. It's so much fun. <laughs> and the only reason I'm Falcon is because my buddy, who's just insane at the game would kick my butt every time we played and he always played Falcon and I'm like all right so that's the character that's the one I got to go with yeah. <laughs> but um who do you guys main what's your main um uh, i want to say in yeah an ultimate um cloud okay but- and Brawl was my other big one. I, everyone, no one likes Brawl. Everyone's like, oh, Brawl, stinky. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I played a lot of Brawl in high school, and that one, Game & Watch, is my guy. I love Mr. Game & Watch. Game & Watch is fun. I Actually, I don't want to take back Captain Falcon on 64, but I will say that DK was like my second main. Really? And the only reason was because it's so much fun to play. If you know how to play DK... It's just so evil. It is very fun kamikazing someone and like, oh yeah, walking off the stage. Yeah. Yep. Or like, yeah, you get get them down to one life and you have like four and you just walk off and throw them. (laughs) (laughs) But my buddy that would beat my butt in Smash 64 and he taught me, honestly, he didn't teach me anything. I just stole from him because he <laughs> didn't want me to get good so he could keep beating me but he's like a full-time twitch streamer now oh hell yeah oh, nice. he's been doing it for like a year or so do you guys have any experience with twitch are you doing anything on there mm, zero zero we just got a tiktok though so yeah Holla. oh yeah is it a palette knife tiktok, TikTok? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, uh yeah it's, it's the same as our instagram palette knife band at TikTok, no, it's, it's just, <laughs> just search Palin Knife Band. <laughs> I'll do I'll do an official outro on this episode. And <laughs> yeah, we have we have uh, we have a humble three TikToks, but uh, we're working on making more in the uh, Palin Knife TikTok factory. <laughs> do you, Do you enjoy the the work that goes into like social media for the band, like Twitter and? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I. <laughs> I'm I'm the Twitter guy, so I I do all the dumb memes and stream of consciousness bullshit. Um, Aaron, uh, Aaron Aaron and I work on a lot of the visuals. Chris is here for moral support. Yeah, I, I just look cute and put my bass on my shoulders. Chris, Chris is yeah, just that's what I tell Joe to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's yeah. something I've ha- I hate it. I mean, I I enjoy the band banter, but I hate like trying. I hate this like feeling of having to post something mm, yeah i know i it, it's rough when like you're like oh man I haven't, I haven't tweeted in like i haven't tweeted yet today and you're like that that's the part where it gets really like and then you're like wait why am i stressing about this yeah but like um, i feel like with alec too he kind of uses it as a personal twitter so he kind of coincides this like i'm tweeting about this because i just want to and then i'm gonna like throw the band in and out in different mm. tweets so it's like kind of like it's just all organic at that point because it's like it's not like he's forcing the band he's saying stuff that he also thinks you know it's not just yeah. premeditated yeah. stuff i feel like yeah i definitely want people to connect with the band like i feel like there's this tendency like before before like this like hyper connective like twitter facebook social media of bands bands were like this like very different like they're on the stage and you're down here and like they're different people than you. But it's like, now that you have Twitter and stuff, you can be like, Oh wait, they're literally just, yeah, they're on their they're phone. Just, too. They're just dudes who are out of college. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're just regular people. And yeah. like, 
I want that to come across, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It can be a good thing and a bad thing for sure. Cause like on one hand it's, it makes, makes it easier for people to get out to shows. At least know that there is a show. Um, Yeah. They don't have to stumble across a flyer. You don't have to like call all your friends up and say, Hey, come to the show. They see it. Um, but on the other hand, there is like this weird. I mean, it's, it's like a performance aspect too. Cause then, then you're almost like wondering, is this actually the person or is this just kind of like, cause like social media is this whole like big filter of like how you're, you want people to see you. So then I guess that just kind of complicates yeah. things as well. And like, I guess maybe that's where I have a lot of issues is cause the person that I am on stage is a very different person than I am in like real life and like for sure when you get down to it. And so I, I have trouble like figuring out which person is on the social media. Sometimes I'm a, I like just flat out. I've said this before on this podcast. I'm a jerk on stage. I'm not afraid to like, I like, I know people's levels. I know their buttons and I'm going to push them because if you made like most of the, it's a, it's a long story, but basically it's like, I'm going to get you to do what I want you to do. And that's dance and have fun. And I'm going to do everything that I can to do that. Whether that's like, but finding that like energy and that, like that character and bringing it into like a social media aspect isn't, it's not, I don't think it works very well for me. I like you guys, it seems like you have a lot of fun on Twitter and I just hate it. I hate every, I hate every second that I'm on that <laughs> stupid platform, but I have to do it. I know I got to do it. But I think I found like a happy medium where like I don't post like every day and I, I just post things that like pop up and it just seems like people like that. So I'll keep it at that. <laughs> right. Hey, as long as you're having a good time, that's all that matters. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. But <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part of COVID is like finally deleting Facebook. <laughs> I don't have shows to post. What am I going to do on there? You know, right? Yeah. nothing. I can finally like forget my password, change it to a random thing and make it like a thousand times harder to log in. It's yeah. I hate social media. I think that it's terrible. I, I wish that everyone would get off of it, but I see the benefits on it. And I see like people actually coming to our shows because they knew that we had a show, which I think is a good thing. I, I vowed never to make an Instagram or make a make a Twitter until I found it necessary to make a band Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I still hate this, and I, I feel like I can. Uh, I have a greater appreciation of why I can hate it, but I'm also like, but this is also extremely handy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through like waves of like wanting to, like, yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna schedule posts all week. We're gonna make some funny stuff. I'm going to make content. And then like two days into that, I'm like, I'm tired. They don't care. Awesome. I'm tired of being funny. Yeah. Let someone else do it. Yeah. Oh, that's honestly, that's like the, one of the main benefits of record labels now. And mm-hmm. like beyond like their ability to like book shows for you and, um, and the PR and all that. For me, like one of the main reasons I'd want to like sign to a record label is just to hand off all the social media. It's like, y'all do this. I'm tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm just like, give us a tour van, please. Yeah. <laughs> give us a tour van. To, uh, yeah, give us a, a van and, yeah. and book us some shows. Yeah. I was – Maybe buy us a record. Yeah. Maybe May, June, July, my brain was in van mode. And I, every van I saw, I was like turning my head and looking at it. Like, oh, man, I want that van. That's a nice looking van. I'd see all the – I'd be like a white van and next to it like a yellow Corvette. And I'd be like looking at the van like, oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I've definitely like, been oh, yeah, I can kick that van so hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, how much would that van cost? It probably it's like a $12,000 van. so much space in a, ba- in a van as a three-piece. Dude, especially a 15 passenger. I mean, it's, that's just like we don't even need oh. that. That's the crazy thing with us. Like we don't even need <laughs> that big of a vehicle. Like maybe yeah. we have like thousands of merch, like of shirts and like vinyls, <laughs> but like still, I doubt we would even need that much. I something that I've like I saw somebody do. I think it was um, WID. I don't know if you know them, mm. Columbus. They're a Columbus band, I think. Um, 
They're really great. You should check them out if you haven't. W-Y-D, just the letters. Uh, they blew my mind because they had uh, – their drum set was like – it was a super simple kit. But the kick drum was digital. They they had replaced it with like a Roland um, – just the electronic drum set kit. And that was the only piece of the kit, I think. And oh, that's really they had like a snare. But it was like – Jeez, you know how much space they save in their... Yeah, wow. That's smart. I'm like, it made me think of like, is there, are there other ways that we can like introduce technology to like make this smaller? But the problem with that electronic drum set is like you have to guarantee that you're playing venues that have the ability to output a kick. Yeah. And like that's kind of nice because you don't have to worry about miking your kick or anything. You're just, if you're just doing a direct in, you just always know it's going to be the exact tone that you want and everything. Exactly. It, it sounds. It. I was like, kind of mind blown that I hadn't thought of it sooner. Where like, there are pieces of a kit, or maybe not like a kit, but just everything that we can digitize <laughs> and condense. Like at the end of the day, are you really going to use a bass amp? Hopefully, because it adds like a nice like warmth <laughs> to it, whatever. I've uh, snuck out of that pretty pretty often, my friend. But like <laughs> DIing is just as good, you know. It's at the, if you're if you're the right band for it, a DI bass can get the job done yeah. in like a really effective way. And honestly, I've I've played sets on a shitty sound system. And, and went straight in like, oh, no, is this going to work? And it sounded fantastic. <laughs> like, I don't know how. Yeah, direct and bass, the yeah. secret. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's switch to merch for a second. We got maybe like 10 minutes left in this thing. Okay. Um, okay. What is, what's y'all's philosophy when it comes to merch? When you, when you think of like a new design, what is the, like the, the path that gets you there? Oh, hmm. that's a tough one. Yeah, we've we've put out like such like little merch. I feel like three, uh, three designs. Yeah, we've we've got three separate shirts. We're we've sold. Wait, we're on our third t-shirt design right now. Uh, the first time Aaron and I designed it, um, it's to delete your access number, which like is kind of cringy now. But I remember those nice design. I like it. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was definitely a product of its time, and we. I don't regret those shirts. No. Um, our second design, we because Aaron and I are both designers, so for the second design, we wanted a completely different, like unbiased, like because both of us have like our own styles. So we just want something completely different. So we we contracted um, an illustrator to do our second design, which was like this cool like skull got out of black tea. And then for our third design, we just have the words like palette knife scattered with a bunch of our little skull logo, which Aaron designed. That's cool. I didn't yeah. know you guys went to the skull. I, oh, 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 no, I did. I remember your, your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was actually – that's been with us from day one, I think. Has it really? Yeah. I'm trying to think of what like stands out. I feel like your, your font is perfect for palette knife. Oh, thank you. And like – I dig that, and I think that's what's stuck in my head more than the skull itself. Maybe, maybe I didn't notice it because our our thing is also a skull. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also that's, the jelly. That's all I don't there. Know. We have a Just couple. Did things. a really good job, like creating a consistent branding uh, that we. So uh, with this next release, whatever details you can give on this, do you have any merch in the pipeline that is exciting? Uh, yes. Okay. I'll, I will, I will mention this only because I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not, but like, it, okay. it'd be really cool if it did. Uh, but what I would like to do is, uh, we're, we're in the talks of doing a limited, uh, pedal design. Oh, that'd be dope. So doing uh, a so cool. drive pedal based off of like the album. Uh, that that's my dream, and we're mm-hmm. we're kind of in some very early talks about doing something like that, and like trying to figure out the look. Oh, that's space. awesome! Yeah, I think um, vinyl too was uh, yeah. something we're interested in, like just printing like a hundred of them or something like that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'd be excited about that too. Yeah, ex- definitely expect. I would say vinyl and t-shirts at, at the very least, maybe yeah. pedals. Uh, <laughs> people really like the. Oh yeah, that's that is perfect. 
LaCroix shirt. We were going to do a Nintendo logo with Sneak Move. Uh, I had the design ready and everything, and then Joe chickened out. He's like, we're going to get sued. I'm like, logo? no, we're not. Logo rips. We're going to be all right. Logo rips are, like, so overdone in DIY culture, but, like, I don't care. Like, I love it. I like, they're, they're hilarious every time. Yeah, no one's going to sue us. We're fucking <laughs> bottom feeder. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I, I tried to, like, read about it to convince him. Like, we can do this. We can do it. And he... There's like, there's like two instances where it backfired and they sued, and one of them was with North Face, and they did, uh, somebody did a a a fake logo, but it was called the South Butt, and they sued them, which sucks because it's hilarious. I would have bought a T-shirt. I would have bought a South Butt T-shirt. But I just saw a band. I think I saw Cliff Diver do a or maybe no real friends real friends did a north face shirt they literally just did the logo and i'm like how come they aren't getting sued not that i want them to get sued but that was what chickened him out and i'm like ah we could do it we could definitely do it i mean i see a lot of people who just like do logo rips and put them on teespring or like some sort of like third party to like Mm -hmm. help divorce them from like the cease and desist a little bit you would just get your account terminated before you yeah like you know, like Hacking Cups does that a lot, and like they don't really seem to have problems. Like if it, if a design gets taken down, it gets taken down. They'll like put it back up like two months later. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I've I've always had a good time. I've only designed like one of our merch items, but it's been like a lot of fun doing it. And to see people like there's something special about like making something, not just music, but like making something that people consume and they yeah. enjoy it, and they're like excited to buy it. Yeah, and like spend their like money on it, which is such a weird like idea. Yeah, but um, it's always been like one of my favorite parts of the band and doing just doing all that. Those aspects of it is really interesting. But we're we're running out of time here. Is there any anything any last things you want to plug here, real quick? I would say be on the lookout for uh, a Christmas cover. And some of, uh, we're going to have some new singles from our album that are going to be coming out uh, on Spotify in the next few weeks. It's exciting. I know. I'm excited. Joe is. <laughs> Other than that, he, uh, stay, stick, stay tuned for Monday. We have a big announcement coming up. Um, but yeah, I think that's about yeah. it. <laughs> I'm really excited for this Monday announcement. I'm excited for your album. Joe is. I, I think every time we talk about the Columbus music scene, he can't help but bring you guys up. He, he absolutely loves you guys. He fanboys oh, every time we talk yeah, about you. Awesome. I'm like, eager to get you guys to Athens, and hopefully we can get a show booked in Columbus yes, with you all soon. Yes. Maybe we can go to um, Pierogi Mountain. Oh, do something there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I miss I those pierogies. I not about those, but I will take <laughs> one for, at a show any day. <laughs> Or tree bar. We uh, oh, that's oh, that's, bar. that's that's tree, never tree bar back. is greasy. Yeah, that's gone. That, it's gotta be gone. R.I.P. It was barely making. It. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but hey, we got to tree bar and we played with um. There, I I don't know why I can remember uh the last part of their name and their name was something parentheses uh from Richmond, Virginia. That sounds great. I can't remember. And we get there and there's like a comedy night going. And so we like, they're like, Oh, you guys are playing music tonight. There's a show tonight. And you're like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we like, we had to wait until midnight before the music even started. We drove an hour and a half from Athens to get there. And there was no one there. We were so screwed that night. We like, we drove an hour and a half to play to nobody. And I mean, we, we, we drive an hour and a half to play to nobody, but yeah. like we really played to nobody because wow. after the comedy thing ended, which is what the, they're like, oh. all right, you guys can start as soon as this comedy thing ends. They were, they let us start and it's like, nobody's here. Who are we playing to? It's all the bands. Wow. And it's like, they closed down the bar and everything. And it's like, what is going on? Here? Oh, that's rough. It was a fun, I mean, I, that was the night that I was like, okay, I gotta buy, I gotta buy a wireless receiver for my guitar so I can run around. Like, there's absolutely no reason I can't jump up on this tree stump in the middle of this room. <laughs> <laughs> so at least, at least we got that out of it. But it was just, 
so disappointing to drive an hour and a half. Oh. And then, oh, and there was a dad band that, like, were so pissed off at us because we were, like, I don't, I don't know why they were so angry. But they were angry. And then they ended up just leaving and didn't tell anybody that they were leaving. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. That that's a night where you you get T Bell on the way home and sob a little oh, bit into your Baja blast. I did actually get T Bell. We stopped it. in uh, Canal Winchester and got some T Bell. Nice. It was a mess. But thank you guys for joining me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having us. We'll uh, we'll connect after this. We never say no to a show, and we never say no to a podcast. Bet. Good. It's a that's a good rule of thumb to have. <laughs> that's that's what we have on our uh, band camp. Is like we'll play a, a funeral, a birthday. Probably don't want to play any funerals, but not anytime soon, anyway. Oh goodness! <laughs> Thank you guys again for being on. It was a pleasure oh, to catch up with you all. And that is it for the fourth episode of Great Set Dude. A big thank you to Palette Knife for coming on. It was so great to catch up with them. I've known them for a couple years now, but we've never really connected in a personal capacity. So it's 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 really nice to get to know them in that way. I'm so excited for them. Uh, signing this Take This to Heart Records record deal is just a big, massive step, and I'm excited to see where they go. Make sure you check out Ponderosa's Snake House, their new single that came out November 16th. You can find that on palletknife.bandcamp.com. Also, make sure you follow them on Twitter and Instagram. Their Twitter handle is palletstashes, like mustache, but stashes, so P-A-L-E-T-T-E-S-T-A-C-H-E-S. And their Instagram is palletknifeband. Please take some time out of your day to add these guys on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever you listen to. Support them any way you can. And make sure you join us Friday at 7 p.m. next week, all weeks, for the next live episode of Great Set Dude. My name is Daniel Palmer. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day. Bye.